uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to Out Loud with me, Patrick Watson. In this episode, we take a look at the potential future of e-commerce and the collaboration technology that could be used to improve communication between the customer and the online retailer. My guest today was Andre Hordegoda, co-founder of Go In Store. Go In Store offer a new approach to online retail. So we started with Andre explaining to me the drivers behind founding Go In Store and their USP within the market. The hypothesis we had whilst um, in the personalization space was rather than try and algorithmically you know, help people through the buying uh, purchase, what if we actually utilize the people in the physical stores through the digital channel? And that, that's where the whole concept of going store is. So it's, it's the convenience of shopping online, but um, the benefit of connecting them to and, and giving them an in-store experience. So that's the premise of what we do. And how is that experience achieved in, in, within technology? So we use, it's a live streaming technology. So if I talk you through, through the customer experience, uh, customers browsing a website, we integrate our technology onto their website and we watch, uh, well, we're assessing as a customer is going through uh, from page to page. The product that they're interested in, is that product in a physical store? Is there a salesperson in that physical store available? And if those conditions are met, Go in store will um, offer a call to action, a button which will appear on the client's website. The customer clicks it. What happens is our technology alerts the salesperson in the physical store that there's someone online interested in a product. The salesperson can answer it. Well, when they answer it, what happens is the customer gets a live video stream, uh, which is captured from the store and, and delivered to the, to the customer on the, whatever device they're in. Whether that could be their, their laptop, their iPad, their, their, their phone, whatever it is. The experience from the, sell, from the salesperson's side is like having a telephone call, but with the added ability that they can show the customer what they're talking about in real time. From the customer's side, what we've done is we've turned, turned the web page almost into a window into the physicality of, of the retail store and the ability to connect with that salesperson. The, the, the applications for this sound huge, and I can see the perfect fit. For example, I purchased a brand new wardrobe of gym clothing the other day, partic- okay. particularly boring. Yeah. Everything from, from the bottom half down, I was happy to order online. But the top yeah. half, I think I wanted to feel, well, I wanted to you know see what it was going to look like. And yeah. I didn't buy any of that online. I went in store to do it. So th- I can see where... There's a parallel of purchases that people would rule out potentially online. Or I might browse something on a website and then disregard it to go in store. And go in store could potentially convert that sale without someone having to go into the shop. Absolutely. I mean, you've touched on on a few interesting points. So if I go... So the first one you you, you sort of mentioned, you you want to feel something. Now, we can't facilitate that touch and feel. But interestingly, what what we're seeing is... Sometimes it's, it, it's, it's, it's having the confidence that this is the right item for you, and that can be expressed by showing it to you, and actually the salesperson, if they're trained well, just describing what it's like. So, you know, if you're talking about, you know, clothing, that's an interesting one. You know, we, um, you know, we do some stuff with, with some, some high-end, um, uh, uh, I was to say sneakers, but a trainer company called Axel Arigato. They use, you know, the finest leather that they can get in, in, in their, in their um, sort of fashion shoes, Telling the customer that this is, you know, finest Italian napa leather and how long it takes to break and all that sort of stuff is, is 
it's not the same as being in the store, but you know, we're seeing in terms of how it's impacting conversion rate. Well, our customers, customers that use this service in the online channel are actually converting at the same level as if they walked into the store. So that's the first part. The, the, the other thing that you mentioned was, um, you know, I've done, I'm doing my research online and uh, actually I'm gonna go pop into the physical store. I'm gonna go in store at some point. Now, this is another challenge that, that potentially we solved and it ties into what I've just said because yes, our conversion rates are high, as high as, as uh, our retailers are finding in store, but there's also an element of intent. People who will uh, click on our button and use this live streaming service in the store probably have more intent on buying something anyway. Okay. The difference is we're capturing people who are at research stage. I've researched the top, I'm thinking about buying it, I'll pop in on Saturday. Anything can happen between now and Saturday. So from the retailer's perspective, what we're doing is we're taking people who are at research stage to an extent their guards down, they're sat at home on a Saturday morning, kids are running around, you know, I don't know, the lunches on or they're having a quick look. All of a sudden they click a button and they're having this in-store experience and they're being helped to make to turn that research session into actually converting and, and making that purchase there and then. And I suppose that, sorry to interrupt, I'm assuming that that massively mitigates the risk of a lost sale. Because one of the examples, and I hate to constantly bring this back to my own gym purchasing <laughs> clothes, but right. I, I saw something in another shop. In the meantime, I went into Tesco to get some groceries and I saw a top and thought, oh, well, that'll do. Absolutely. But yeah. obviously, if I could have converted that initial research phase before I'd gone into Tesco, you know, it mitigates that risk. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, so millennials want what they want there and then. You know, so all we're, all we're doing is we're sort of removing that time and distance uh, uh, element to it. Uh, you know, hands up, it's not the same as being in the store. But, you know, our focus, and if you've, if you've tried um, tried the technology, uh, uh, yes or not, Patrick, and, and please do, um, it's as close as we can. You know, it's, at the moment, it's a, it's, it's a two-dimensional screen that I'm looking at. But as we progress and, you know, there's all sorts of exciting stuff happening in VR and AR that, that's, you know, this 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 method of, of engaging for, for a retailer and a customer engaging um, is only going to get better and better and more and more immersive as time goes by. You touched on one of the points that I had coming up was with the massive progress in technology in terms of VR and, and AR, it, it's not... The uptake has been slow, I think, you know, within within homes. But that that is definitely coming. And, you know, five years down the line, how long do you think we are away from, you know, potentially a fully virtual shopping experience where I've got my, whatever it might be, headset on and I'm effectively walking around a virtual mall of different shops? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a really topical point. Um, the whole VR, AR thing, my, my, my thoughts on this is that AR... I think people are more receptive to AR because there's some value in it at the moment. Being enhancing what I can see um, and what I can experience using technology, there's a value to that. The challenge with AR is that you're asking people to do something. And when you've got a disruptive technology, saying to someone, put these glasses on. Unless I wear glasses anyway, it's going to be difficult. Where AR is working at the moment is uh, using using people's mobile phones. So you're still asking someone, you know, you're coming to the store or, um, you know, if you if you look at this pair of shoes through your phone, it will show you in different colors. Well, yeah, a bit gimmicky, not sure. What I have seen with AR, which is brilliant, is, is you know, some of the furniture technology companies that will allow you to, in your own home, sort of visualize and actually see... Um, you know, a, a, oh, a particular sofa or, you know, something within the, the home. So that's valuable. And, and so AR is starting to generate some value. Um, 
bringing it back to ourselves, one of the one of the things that's beneficial because to, when you're using our technology as a as a consumer, you're, you you have to look through your laptop or through your device. When we layer AR onto it, it's going to deliver value both to the salesperson in the store because we can give them information about price variations and stuff. But that can also be given to to, to the customer, um, you know, who's browsing on the website in real time. So that's quite exciting. VR, on the other hand, you know. Yeah. I think the challenge with it is, you know, everyone's got a mobile phone, right? VR, until everyone has, you know, these devices and they're so used to using it, um, you get to that critical mass point, then we'll see, start to see more and more applications which are uh, which, which hold true value. And of course, you know, retail's business, so it's, it's all going to be driven if there's a return on investment. And I don't know if there's a return on investment for retail in terms of VR just yet, not an overwhelming one. So I think we're a few years away from VR. But I suppose, uh, you know, a few years ago, or well, slightly longer than that, was because you imagined it. But before that, you, you know, you wouldn't have imagined an in, an, an, a video interaction with a salesperson over the internet, you know, showing you a product potentially. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the nature of innovation. And if you look at the data around, you know, how people are consuming their data on the web, 80% of it or thereabouts is video. You know, the demand for video is just through the roof. And that's how I consume all data. Um, so for retailers, they need to do that as well. And, and you know, the, the, there is a challenge presented. You know, most retailers, you know, when they, they want to shoot a video, it comes, it's, 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 it's directive that comes from the marketing department. They're spending huge volumes of money, you know, uh, creating video content because that's what people want. But it's, it's very, very expensive. So our way of doing things is, you know what, let's utilize your store that you already have. Let's utilize your sales staff that you already have. And let's create video that way because it's always fresh, you know, and it's real time. The other exciting metric that we're starting to see, the data, independent way data we've seen, is that, yes, 80% of video of consumption on the internet is video, but actually live video is starting to creep up. Creep, creep up. And I, I believe it's uh, um, uh, one of the sources I read has estimated 25% of all video consumption by 2020 will be live video. One of the things you touched on there was utilising existing sales staff. Do you see the potential of this technology to create new roles? I could potentially see, you know, effectively video call centres of sales staff demonstrating products. No, I don't like, I don't like the phrase call centre as much. No, neither do I. But I, do, I was trying to think of a, I mean, it isn't there effectively yet, no, a video centre or, or a visualisation centre, as it were. Well, it's an interesting one. So, so we work with Dyson um, at, in Germany at the moment, but there are uh, there are plans to expand that. So Germany and Austria currently, and actually they don't have any stores. In, uh, Dyson don't have any any physical stores in, in in those regions. So they use a studio, and and they have uh, people that they've trained specifically to do uh, live broadcasts and live one to one interactions with customers across those regions. Um, so it's interesting. I mean, you know, our original. Um, idea was to sort of to, to, to reuse to an extent you know the existing um, infrastructure that retailers have in their physical stores and it's it's very topical everyone's talking about how the, the high street's changing well yeah maybe you don't go in to make the purchase anymore but you go in there to experience the product you know if I'm a retailer it doesn't matter at which channel the transactions made in as long as I'm transacting with them so yeah I mean you know originally the plan was to utilize the existing infrastructure but we are seeing uh, you know, some some of our clients, you know, like Dyson, who've actually done it, but others thinking about creating dark stores. To, that's interesting because you don't, it could be based anywhere in the world. Uh, you could staff it 
with uh, people who spoke a variety of different languages. You could have one one uh, one studio servicing a global client base, you know, based in the Netherlands, should we say? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very interesting. interesting. Yeah, the the, the 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 potential you, you would think is huge. It's huge for that. So, so I mean, I, I obviously mentioned clothes. You've mentioned a couple of other other products, technology products, Dyson. Um, what, what, where do you think the main product areas? Because, I mean, immediately, the one that leapt to mind to me, which I thought, oh, maybe there's not so much scope in that, would be would be food or something like that. You know, you can't smell it. You, there's less of that there. But So what are the main product areas? Or is that not something you're considering? You're just, you know, open to any possibility? To, to an extent. I mean, as you said, it's a very exciting space. And there's lots and lots of applications. We have to be reasonably grounded because... You know, if we if we took on board every uh, suggestion that's been made to us over the four years, it would be everything to everyone. Um, we're focused in retail, and we know that you know w- w- one of the reasons um, that the physical stores convert higher is because people buy from people. So that that's the original thought. So we're, we're staying reasonably close to that, which means. Um, you know, in that scenario, you're not talking about buying a bunch of grapes, right? That you know, someone doesn't need to sell me those grapes. But as 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 the product gets more expensive, more complex, uh, more emotional, uh, more considered, I think is is, is the phrase that, that we tend to use. Um, the need of an interaction with someone, and actually perhaps like the ability for someone to show you what they're talking about, demonstrating it, you know, discussing it, um, it lends itself really well to our technology. Now, on that point, you know, we did focus on retail, but actually, um, you know, we work with Porsche. I was Porsche. going to say cars. I could just see it with you know cars, uh, absolutely. Well, retail, it's perhaps you know automotive retail, like different. Hi, We off with Porsche's museum in Stuttgart. Um, you know, Porsche is a brand. Are um, you know that their ethos is is uh, heritage uh, with innovation, you know, and they wanted to, you know, that the museum as, as a proof of concept for them, a successful proof of concept for them was was was, was perfect fit because you know it's it comes to your heritage, but lets you something really cutting edge and innovative as a way of showing showing you it. So um, you know you, you can go to their website uh, two to three hours every day, I think, except for Mondays. Go to the uh, Porsche Stuttgart Museum website, and you can have a live uh, hosted tour around uh, around the museum, which is great. So we started there, and, and uh, now we are um, where we we've been live uh, with our first Porsche Canadian dealership. We're rolling out another eight of those. Uh, across the whole uh, of the Canadian territory, and then we're going to be bleeding into uh, North America, uh, Europe, and rest of the world. So it's really, really exciting. Um, it rings true, you know. If you're buying a car, you're going to start start your research online. Um, the other space that we're working uh, in is hospitality. We work with Marriott International. We've got a, um, I mean, they're the largest hotel group in, in the world. Uh, we're, we're across Europe at the moment. Uh, we've started to, to entertain conversations in other regions uh, for Marriott as well. And they use it, uh, f- uh, not necessarily for occupancy, but they actually use it for uh, events. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things you were mentioning before that I was thinking, of, so, for example, with, with a car sale where effectively you might be part of the research stage, and if you were buying a car, however much, you probably would want to go in store and look at it. But that is another... A value add for the the seller themselves, and it's a it's a draw in that not everyone is going to be able to offer a live experience of looking at that device online. Absolutely, yeah, it gives a competitive advantage at the moment. We hope every one day everyone will be doing it and using going store, but um, uh, at the moment it does definitely deliver a competitive advantage. And you know, going back to to, to the car analogy, you know, uh, the research that we've read suggests that actually millennials don't want to go to, they're intimidated by going into car showrooms. It's, it's the very last step 
um, people do all their research online, they make a decision, then they go into the showroom. So it means that the car showrooms are converting higher than they ever do have done before, but the footfall's low. So what Going Store is doing is allowing people who um, are at research stage, got their guard down, they're sat on the sofa, you know, again, Saturday morning, kids running around, interested in the car, they can click a button and all of a sudden there's a guy there that build, builds that rapport with them and, and gives them the comfort to say, you know what, hey, just come in, come and have a look. So, you know, that, there's definitely a competitive advantage from the retailer's perspective and, and from the customer's perspective, there's the... It, we're kind of rem removing the intimidation of, of, of actually engaging with someone. I don't have to give you my contact details. I just want to have a look at the car. Okay, this is my car for me. I'll come in and see it. Yeah, and it increases that. It's effectively virtual footfall, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's an interesting point because when we when we started off in the automotive space, you know, and you get the e-commerce guys out front saying, oh, we want their email address before they can have we can launch a call. And I said, well, if I walked into your showroom, would you ask me for my email address before you talk to me about the car, or would you build some report? So it's an interesting one, you know, where we're, 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 we're speaking to the e-commerce directors, the technical teams, uh, but we have to involve the retail staff and, and get everyone's buy-in, you know. It's, it's, just a, it's a new way of looking at things. And, you know, do we know the right way or wrong way just yet? No. But, but um, what we do know is that, um, you know, we're finding our customers – and our potential customers are more and more interested in this space, and um, consumers, you know, are, are receptive to, to the whole concept. You know, why can't I see it in real time from wherever I am in the world? And, and, and why wouldn't they? I mean, you've you mentioned it there. You know, the customer experience, as you said, when you go into pretty much any retail store apart from a few, select few, is is very good. Sales staff are always very helpful and tend to be knowledgeable about things. Online, you look at a website, you get absolutely no support. So it's transferring that often excellent customer experience you get in-store into yeah. an online platform. It is, it's really interesting. I mean, we're, we're, we've started to do some work in the, in the property space as well. And, and again, you know, it's not necessarily retail, but it's a buying process. And um, there's loads of information on websites. The, the challenge for, 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 you know, people in the, in, the, in the real estate business is you put all this information online, that means the customer is more likely to make a decision based on what they're seeing, not necessarily on the expertise that an estate agent can can, um, yeah. can share with me based on what my particular requirements are. You know, when I, when we, the house that I'm living in at the moment, we spent two years looking for a house and um, we, we only came here. We knew it was there, but we decided we weren't interested in it um, and we pursued another house. Um, the other house fell through and we and then finally we came to this one and we bought it. We loved it because because we came in and we saw it. But prior to that, we just based our decision on, on pictures. So, yeah, I think um, engaging people to people engaging, especially where it's a consultative sell, it's an emotional buy, um, you know, it, is, it, it still remains valuable. So I think, you know. People in retail um, will still exist. I think the profession will exist. I think, um, you, you know, the, the high street is changing. The roles within um, the stores are changing as well. You need to be a lot more consultative. You need to be better at selling, not just, you know, perhaps the checkout is disappearing, you know, but um, salespeople, I think, will, will still be there for, for, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I mean, your product almost you know demonstrates the value out of that. Um, where can we, where can the listeners, where can subscribers to the website go and try and try go and store out? So, uh, great question. So, um, if you can speak German, um, please go and check out Dyson.de. Very, if I'm inclined, very, yeah. very poorly, very poorly. 
we work with a company called Accent Arigato. It's our first client in in the fashion space. Um, really cool uh, trainers. They've got a, a store down in Soho in London. But if you can't get it there, um, click on the live um, live connection. I think it's called on the right hand side of their browser. That's axelarigato.com. Yes, yeah, so, so I mentioned Porsche in uh, Canada. Um, so you might have to do a bit of searching uh, to find that one. You can go to the Porsche Museum, which is great. Uh, we've got deployments going off with companies like Sofa.com, uh, Farfetch Fashion. Uh, the list is 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 growing on 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 a um, on a weekly and monthly basis. Well, thanks thanks so much for for coming on, Andrew, and, and and explaining all about it. Absolute pleasure, Patrick. Anytime. Fascinating insights there into the potential future of online retail from Andre Hordegoda at Going Store. If you want to know any more about their products or have any questions, get in touch on LinkedIn or Twitter at UC Today News. Uh, do make sure to check out the website as well, though, at uctoday.com. Thanks for listening.